0: Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, October 11th, 2021. I'm Broadway Radio's Mattia Menini.
1: And I'm, oh my God, can you believe I almost said I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves?
0: There's a reason that that part in the script, Grace, is in red, and the one that says, and I'm Tell Me On a Sunday's Grace Aki, is in green. In most parts of American society, red means stop, green means go.
1: Yeah, but this weekend was my um, high school reunion, and our colors were red, black, and white. So... Go catamounts. Go dogs. Wait. I'm talking on a Sunday's Gray sake. Okay.
0: I'm not going to get into the multiple <laughs> high school nicknames, but um, Gray's in the podcast feeds multiple plural over the weekend. Yes. We had a ton of really cool stuff. First up on Friday, of course, we had um, our review roundtable for Everybody's Talking About Jamie, available on Amazon Video. Then on Saturday, Jan Simpson had her latest episode of All the Drama, where she dove into what she called perhaps one of the least remembered Pulitzer Prize for Drama winners of all time, Frank D. Gilroy's 1965 winner, The Subject Was Roses then on sunday uh peter james and michael spoke with uh the great tony Yazbeck um about um a oh. bunch of stuff oh. That, that brought out a visceral reaction from wow. you. Oh! Yeah. Um, Tony's great. He's been a guest on Tommy Mori for really, really fantastic. So they talked about, or they talked to him, they talked about um, six, they did a review for Beyond Babel, which of course you and I um, yeah. did a special episode about a few weeks ago. They talked about Laura Benanti's uber expensive 54 Below Diamond level concert series at 54 the Below. The Diamond Series. The Diamond Series. Diamonds are a girl's best friend, but apparently only if you've got 350 bucks to drop on concert tickets um, and a bunch of other stuff. So check that out in the, uh, both feeds, the Patreon feed and in the regular feed. Jan Simpson's All the Drama is only available in the Patreon feed currently, will be available in the regular feed next week. Coming up today, Monday the 11th, in the morning on the Patreon feed, I have a special interview with the co-directors of the upcoming immersive experiential show at the SoHo Playhouse, Tammany Hall. Uh, the co directors Darren Lee Cole and Alexander Wright. Darren Lee Cole is the artistic director of the SoHo Playhouse house um and alexander wright was one of the co-creators of the immersive great gatsby show over in london yeah. and tammany hall will use literally every inch of the soho playhouse and it goes back to an election night in 1929 um and uh, kind of throws you into the middle of all of that it was really really fascinating um i don't like audience participation stuff grace but i actually really enjoy like the immersive environmental type of theater. How do you come down on that stuff?
1: Oh, I really, I love Okay. Everyone that is listening right now needs to know how this, this is how society in the theatrical space should, should be. Because Matt and I can talk about theater and obviously like you guys listen, which we love, uh, but we can have such differing opinions on so many things (laughs) and be able to talk about it. And I love that because I, I, I just, I physically can't handle it, but that doesn't mean that I think it is bad. I think that it's wonderful. And when it's executed right, it can be so moving for so many people. I just like with my anxiety and so like, I can't, like if I'm like, like, I don't even like finishing eating at a 54 show while someone's singing like I have a really hard time cuz I just feel disrespectful even though I know I know it's not disrespectful like we're in the same environment we've all made an agreement that this is what it's going to be like but like don't don't be near me as a performer uh-huh. like don't 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 I don't I don't like real people touching me I don't like real people like I that I know well looking at me being close can you imagine me paying for somebody to be that way with me that I don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> so note to self, when you and I finally meet in person, I am not allowed to look at you. Okay, good to know. I appreciate no, that. I don't appreciate touch that. me,
1: leave me alone to quote yes. quarantine. Uh, right. um, I went on <laughs> don't, once. Don't touch but me, like, leave me alone. Don't touch me, leave me alone. Like, I can't really handle it. And so, like, anytime there's, like, something that says an immersive theater experience, I clock out.
0: Okay, that's fair. Um, (laughs) But I
1: bet it's great. I I can't wait.
0: I'm going to see it when I'm in New York. So anyway, um, real quick. uh, This is not news. This is a tease from the Mm. Los Angeles Times theater critic Charles McNulty. He tweeted over the weekend. I just heard some confidential Broadway news that made me erupt in joy. I can't say anything then why are you tweeting about it? But one of our well, greatest playwrights <laughs> will finally have a Broadway premiere. Only one hint, on board is one of our finest and most decorated actors, gender neutral language. I will say, if we're trying to pick this apart, Grace, the one of our finest and most decorated actors, I mean, there is one person- My brain
1: immediately goes to Audra.
0: Right. She is literally <laughs> the most decorated Broadway actress of all time. So I would put money on Audra- Being the most decorated person that they're talking about. And I if I had to guess, I would think that this might be a show from a playwright who has never been on Broadway that might have also gone to the same uh, institution of higher education that I went to. So I'm just putting that out there. Do with it as. you
1: Oh, interesting. I'm just saying. What a take. You thought about that.
0: I thought about it also because I think (laughs) that a certain Jeffrey Richards might be already behind this. But anyway, we will get to that when it is officially announced, which I think it will be soon. All right, Grace, we have a ton of news today, and we've already vamped and bantered for six minutes. So we're going to dive into the news first. Uh, We're coming a little late because on Sunday night, the Broadway production of Douglas Lyons' Chicken and Biscuits officially opened at the Circle in the Square Theater. It was directed by Zalon Livingston and has a... A fantastic cast, including the likes of Norm Lewis, Michael yuri Natasha Yvette Williams, and more. The show is currently scheduled to run through January 2nd. Now, Grace, we are just going to hit like the high points of the reviews because, as I said, we've got a lot to talk about. So these are just going to be yeah. nutshells. We will have links to all of our um, review roundups for both of the shows we're going to do reviews for in the show notes. But first up, Charles Isherwood, writing for Broadway News, said, quote, Chicken and Biscuits is more successful as a roaring comedy than as a searching exploration of of family dynamics. But given the choice, I'll take the gags. The play provides audiences with the blessed release of almost continual laughter, which is something we probably all need. For the other side of that, Adam Feldman writing for Time Out in New York, he gave the show two out of five stars and said, quote, Chicken and Biscuits clearly has its heart in the right place, and the cast and creative team include more than two dozen people making their Broadway debuts. But their lack of seasoning shows. The writing oh. is blobby, much of the design is unpolished, and young director Livingston sometimes seems lost in dealing with the challenging three-quarters thrust at Circle in the Square. However, over at Theater Mania, Haley Levitt wrote, quote, Chicken and Biscuits has sincere, sentimental moments, but it really finds itself among that rarest class of productions that make it past the Broadway gatekeepers, pure entertainment. Unless it's a big budget musical, Broadway audiences typically order their theater with a side of spinach, as if it's not worth the the ticket price unless you leave a little wiser and sadder. With that said, if you're hoping to exit Circle in the Square Theater with anything more substantial uh, than an aphoristic message about the value of Kith and Kin putting differences aside for the sake of love and community, you may be less than satisfied. However, if you're willing to commit the cardinal sin of going to the theater for fun, you'll have a finger licking good time. So it, it seems, uh, Grace, like neither you or I have seen this show thus far, it seems like it really depends on if you are willing to go to the theater and just kind of let it all go, not to borrow the uh, catchphrase of another recently passed Broadway show. Um, if you're rip. just really to have a good time, Rip, uh, if you're willing to just have a good time and kind of let the show be a little, it sounds a little sitcom-y, um, I think that's fine. But if you want a little bit, something more substantive, that might be, might, might not be the show for you.
1: I think it's important to just like go like, I don't have to like leave the theater being like, God, I got to reevaluate my life. <laughs> you know, like I
0: never want to do that. <laughs> never. <laughs>
1: I know you famously don't, but, um, I think that, you know, like even Ayanna Prescott's uh, article just came out for variety. The, her oh, review and it. Great, it says, yeah. Chicken and biscuits review a feast of black joy on Broadway, you know, just kind of like celebratory. And I think that it it's really important for us to, um, just go like, you know, it's, it's, it is okay. Like, and again, I haven't seen the show, but, um, and the only notes that I kept hearing from colleagues of mine that got to see the show so far in, in previews was that it just needed some editing. Like they were like, mm. it's just like, it should have been tighter yeah Yeah, it went too long to not have an intermission um which and again i I just saw another play as well where i was just like huh that was kind of interesting that there was no break even though i i agree that there shouldn't be a break but then also like make it less than two hours um but you know that's just me um anyways uh yeah we can we can have opportunities for for theater to not be this catastrophic like dismal situation like we can we can celebrate joyful story well is it isn't it all (laughs) the O'Neill Center brought to you by the O'Neill Center Um, but yeah so I kind of I hear that and I'm excited to have my own take and and see the show as well I'm I'm certainly excited by the prospect of this show being at Circle in the Square and just like again ushering like (laughs) writers of color so um, that's kind of where I'm at with this one
0: Yeah, and I've talked about this before, but never with you, Grace. My whole perspective on the entertainment that I choose to consume changed on or around November 8th of 2016, which figure out what that date is. And I went from liking a lot of the very serious, dramatic, introspective prestige drama shows like The Leftovers and Rectify where everything was about this existential crisis and trying to figure Mm -hmm. out where your place in the world is. And it almost like a light switch flipped to the types of shows that I love are like, Jane the Virgin and Ted Lasso and only murders in the building and these and Superstore and these like fun things that might give you a little substance, but are really just about having fun and and joyful and, you know, mostly good people. And that's the kind of stuff I really gravitate towards now. It also has to do with the fact that I I'm a fairly self-aware person um, and I kind of get myself but i'm not very deep i'm just not that person um so i enjoy a good uh, don't laugh at me i'm so, so short matt you have depth i i Come I, ha- on. I have it but i don't care to explore it um so it's just I don't feel the need to. And so this actually sounds like something that I would really enjoy. Um, So we'll see if I end up checking it out when I am in New York. Um, Real quick, though, I want to mention um, our Patreon because I mentioned Ted Lasso and Only Murders in the Building. Just on Sunday, the great and the good Jennifer McHugh and I have started setting up a plan to be bringing you some Some Like It Pop episodes in the Broadway Radio Patreon feed. The first one will be coming later this month after the season one finale of Only Murders in the Building on Hulu. We will be talking about that phenomenal show starring Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. We'll also be talking about season two of Ted Lasso and anything else that we want to talk about. We are also going to talk about in November. um, I don't know if we're going to do like just the stuff from this year, our favorites of all time, but we're going to be talking about this implosion and explosion of Hallmark, Lifetime and Netflix original Christmas movies oh, which I not? love um, and then as I promised the last time Jen stepped in on today on Broadway I'm finally going to binge Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist season 2 despite my objections so that we can do um, an episode the on one. the Christmas movie wrap-up of that so um, head over to patreon.com slash broadway radio and you will be hearing uh Jennifer McEw and I reuniting after like three years of not doing regular something like It pop episodes um in that feed. All right, uh, Grace, one more set of reviews that we want to get to. It opened technically on Thursday after you and Ashley recorded, um, and that was the Manhattan Theater Club production of Lackawanna Blues. As we have talked about a number of times, this show um was written and directed and stars um Ruben Santiago Hudson. And it is currently scheduled to run until October 31st. More on that in a second. Um, But we got these reviews late on Thursday night. But it's important to note, Grace, that while it opened on Thursday night, there wasn't actually an opening night. Um, As we've talked about before, Santiago Hudson has been dealing with a back injury. And the show was forced to cancel performances from that Thursday night. Through the weekend, and since Monday the the show is dark, the plan is for him to return to the Samuel J. Friedman Theater tomorrow, Tuesday, October 12th, after a good five, six days of rest. Now, I will say, Grace, that in my constant futzing with my New York show schedule, it does appear that MTC has listed an extra week of performances on their site for this show. Uh, So thus, it would be running through Sunday, November 7th. But those tickets do not seem to be available, available to purchase anywhere. So I'm kind of thinking that they might at least at first only be open to ticket buyers who had their performances canceled. Perhaps they will open them to regular ticket buyers at a later date. Um, But I just wanted to throw that out for folks. Uh, Let's go through some reviews here real quick. Maya Phillips writing for the Grey Lady, the New York Times. Speaking of Santiago Hudson, she said, quote, his narrative performance is impressive for many reasons, but one of the most nuanced is the way Santiago Hudson sees it all as a child eavesdropping and peeking through doorways with curious and affectionate eyes. He grounds us in the details, which brings not just these characters, but also a whole town to life. The way a woman pops her hip, the way a man coughs, even the particular tent of the Lackawanna snow. After all, people may think the blues are about heartbreak, but to get to heartbreak, you first have to pass through love. Adam Feldman, writing for Time Out in New York, gave the show four out of five stars and said, quote, There is nothing revolutionary about Lackawanna Blues, but it is a loving and skillful evocation of a formidable black woman and the community she was able to create through the force of her character in a world of lack and want. It satisfies a hunger that Broadway seldom serves. Juan A. Ramirez, writing for Theaterly, said, quote, His eyes throughout the show reflect more than a glimmer of the bright lights of Broadway. They spark with the joy of generations and cultures finally expressing themselves on the largest stage in the country. That spark is what makes Lackawanna probably the most honest show in New York right now. 90 minutes of earnest, unsentimental love for one's past. Now, Grace, correct me if I'm wrong. You were supposed to see this show. Did your performance no, get canceled? Did You did see it. Okay, No, great. no, no.
1: I saw it. My performance wasn't canceled. Just the opening night it was supposed to be before I saw the show.
0: Yeah, they moved a lot of stuff around. So what were, since you did actually get to see it, what were your thoughts on those shows real quick?
1: I hate to like say that all of these thoughts were also my thoughts, but here we are. Like, I think yeah. I-, I agree with every single <laughs> review here. Um, it- it's the one that I just kind of keep revisiting, uh, besides like what I just saw, like just, just, just saw two days ago. Um, but I, I really did love it uh, again. Like, there was nothing revolutionary about it, but I didn't really care. I think that good storytelling. Is honesty and it's, um, you just know it when you see it. And uh, I really, really appreciated this performance and the writing and the characterization of it all. Um, you know, there there were times that it it reminded me of, you know, the, um, did you see Oh Hello? Do you know Oh Hello? I, I it's like one not of my favorite s- things.
0: Yeah. I haven't seen it on stage, but I saw it on Netflix.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, when they, when they get into like, um, one man shows being like, it was 1945 and here I was striking the ball with dad. Like you know what I mean? Like every every like solo show tends to have this type of like beat pattern and stuff. I found myself like hearing it a little bit, but somehow like Ruben just exudes so much enthusiasm in every single character, which you hear at the top of the show, you hear every single one come out of his mouth and they are different people. And it is extraordinary. And, um, if you have the opportunity to see it, I know that it is streaming on platforms, um, cause it's, it's yeah. been recorded, but, um, it really was a beautiful piece. And again, I totally agree with the fact that like it was absolutely needed. We have a hunger for this because famously Broadway doesn't do this because it's, it's harder to sell tickets to a one person show. It just is. Um, not because anybody's like, screw you one person it's because it's harder. So, um, yeah, I just, I agree.
0: Yeah. (laughs) This show originally premiered in April of 2001 at the public theater. So this has been kicking around for 20 years and Ruben Santiago Hudson has been doing it and I'm assuming refining it at least a little bit, um, for two decades. So, um, all right, great. So I'm going to run through a ton of news stories. Um, I'm going to ask you some stuff throughout it, but if there's anything that you, want to specifically talk about that I don't ask you about, let me know because we are already going long because of everything that's going on. So feel free to stop me if you would like. This first bit of news is something that I kind of thought was never actually going to be happen and would quietly fade from our memories, but the Broadway revival of David Mamet's American Buffalo has announced plans to finally make its debut at the Circle in the Square Theater on March 22nd, 2022, and will open on April 14th, exactly two years after its originally scheduled opening night. As it was supposed to in 2020, the show will be directed by Neil Pepe and will star Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Rockwell, and Darren Chris. Now, Grace, I don't know if anyone specifically asked for a mammoth show in Broadway's return season. But with these stars already attached to the property, I guess I get it from a financial standpoint, but it doesn't mean I have to like it. Yep. Next up last week, stage and screen star Eric Bergen tweeted, I want pie. That's it. Full, full tweet. Uh, and then a few minutes to an it hour was later. very
1: I have to say this. It was very, I like Toto's energy in that tweet. I don't That's know what, I what that is. Say. I
0: don't know what that is
1: maybe the listeners will know and i'll send you
0: a tweet okay um then a few hours or an hour or so later all of the broadway sites had an announcement that he would be taking over his dr pomoder and waitress a role that he's previously played on broadway for a couple of multi-week stints around apparently some pre-planned absences of current and original star drew Galing. however all of those articles have since been removed from the interwebs so take that for what it is worth um but i'd imagine that eric will be back in the diner later this month Next up, according to an equity casting call for the recently announced Broadway revival of Lawrence and Hart's pal Joey, it appears that the entire company of the show will be all black, with the exception of the actress playing Vera Simpson, the role that was originally played on Broadway by Vivian Siegel, uh, on film by Rita Hayworth, and the most recent revival by Stockard Channing. Now, Grace, I've heard rumors of a certain Tony winner turned Tony's host playing the titular Joey. And a Tony winner and seven time Emmy nominated television icon playing Vera. So we will see what happens there. Mm. Next up, after a stagehand strike threatened to shut down the Kennedy Center tour stop for the recently launched Hadestown National Tour, members of IATSE Local 22 ratified a new deal with the Washington, D.C. Arts Complex just, uh, I think, over the weekend that will be retroactive to the beginning of September and then will run through 2023. I won't get into all of the details of the deal, as it includes, like, specific wage increase stuff and the usage of IATSE stagehands in the new smaller space Uh, Space is called The Reach, um, but we will have a link to those full details in the show notes. And finally, in this section, Grace, on Thursday, Broadway performer, director, choreographer and author Shelley Williams announced that she will be helming a Disney theatrical musical adaptation of the Margot Lee Shutterly novel and the subsequent film adaptation. Hidden figures. If you are unfamiliar, the film was a 2017 Academy Award nominee for Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Supporting Actress, and tells the true story of three black female mathematicians who worked behind the scenes to save an otherwise doomed NASA spaceflight. The film starred Taraji P. Henson, Octavia Spencer, and Janelle Monet. And, Grace, I have. No idea if Octavia Spencer can sing, although I think she probably can do anything she wants. But we clearly know that Taraji and Janelle can sing. So I am hereby mm-hmm. declaring that I would officially like to see those three reprise their roles on stage. Okay. No, no, no thoughts about that at all? Okay.
1: No, I think that the film did the thing that they wanted it to do, which was tell that story. I think we're good.
0: Okay. Not a big fan.
1: I love Shelley Williams. No, 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 no. It's not that I'm not a fan. I just think that they did it. So this is puzzling. But I also go like, okay. Sure, Shelley Williams. I like her. Let's go. Yeah. Okay.
0: Interestingly enough, they also introduced Shelley as the director of the upcoming director. revival of Aida, which mm-hmm. I talked about with David Henry Wong years ago at this point and we Mm -hmm. haven't heard much about since last i heard they were maybe going to do it in germany instead of of the u.s but we haven't heard much about it but it's interesting that they are still billing her as that which i hope means that that is still happening because i love me some aida all right real quick uh grace i've got a few feel-good recommendations that take us behind the first uh nights of performances for a couple of broadway shows and you know These are going to get me weepy and misty eyed. The first one is inside the first preview of Caroline or Change Uh, on Broadway. We got a little speech that. Didn't need to happen from Chuck Schumer. We saw the curtain call and a special welcome back to the theater um, and a little nice little acknowledgement to the cast members who are making their Broadway debuts. That's a nice little six minute video. Then for the grand reopening night of Tina Cole and the Tina Turner musical, we got a whole 15 minute uh, video, which included a very powerful curtain speech from one of the book writers, Katori Hall. We got the curtain call and that incredible encore <laughs> performance which you know i've watched multiple times and then i went yeah. back to the one that i shot on my phone from the third row of oh the theater god, uh, so good god i love her so much um so yeah and you know both of them made me cry for different reasons uh but we will have both of those videos in the show notes and on broadwayradio.com for you to check those out all right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt Grace, where can people find you?
1: You can follow me on every single possible social media site that is legal at It's Grace Aki.
0: Um, don't forget to head over to patreon.com slash Radio or broadwayradio.com slash patreon to get all of the good stuff. I will be talking to the directors behind Tammany Hall playing at the Soho Playhouse starting later this month. So uh, check that out. That'll be dropping in the Patreon feeds on Monday morning. Have a great Monday, everybody. Have a great week, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.